I'm telling you, I was choking up when they're dragging that soldier out. I'm like, I didn't remember seeing that. Oh, is God so good? Aren't you glad to be an American? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, which gives me the right to tell a joke. There was a chess tournament, and it was a great chess tournament. It was so popular, and uh, it was in this big city. And after the tournament, many of the chess players went to the same hotel and stayed. And so they were out in the hotel lobby, and they were boasting and talking and just excited about all the victories and everything that had happened during the day and the moves they'd made. And finally, the, the manager of the hotel said, I need to ask you guys to go to your room and shut this down. And they said, why? He said, I'm tired of hearing chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. <laughs> well, that's that. <laughs> Hey, it's not my fault. Maddie supplies me with dad jokes, okay? <laughs> Blame Maddie. <laughs> yes, that's right. I have, I have three of them, thanks to my daughter. <laughs> and you sat in service today. Bless your heart. <laughs> oh, God is good. Love that video. Uh, my wife found that, picked that out. That's awesome. Um, but we are, we've been studying the believer's authority. We've been talking about just not letting the devil rule us anymore. And sometimes we don't even realize we're being operated that way. It uh, doesn't mean possession. just means we're being led by maybe something that's not godly. And so what is our authority? What is our position? So let's, before we get started, welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. We've got some different states that are tuning in and... <clears throat> We've been establishing, just to do a quick review, that all authority came from God. God gave it to Adam and Eve over the earth, and uh, they blew it. We know that story, and, and uh, they gave in to the enemy. He got what uh, they had because he wanted it. They made Satan the god of this world, not big G, but little G. That's what they were going to be or supposed to be. So God created Lucifer. He was an angel, and his job was to help and to administer and then man created satan because he was jealous and did all the things to get the power and authority that they had uh and so he deceived adam and eve and he got that power remember that he's not using angelic power he is using human authority that god gave adam and eve that we were to have to rule the earth and the enemy can't do anything to you without your consent or cooperation that's important for you to know and that explains, you know, why it took Jesus so long to, uh, to show up. You know, God had to get him in this whole system, and he had to go through lineage and all of those things for that to happen. Why he had to become a man. God gave authority to human beings with physical bodies. So to get it back, God had to come in in that same way. And so he became a man. Jesus declares that in John 5. And last week we talked... With authority, sounds like a Spider-Man movie, but with authority comes great responsibility. So we talked about that. And we can't use that uh, authority and all of that any way we want. We have delegated authority. You need to understand that. It's kind of like if uh, when I was growing up, my, my sister and I would have certain things we had to do. And sometimes we would have to do something we didn't necessarily want to, or mostly me. I just didn't necessarily want to do it. And uh, she didn't want to have to do it by herself, and so she would find out, you know. And if one of the parents said that was the, oh, you have to do it. I'm not doing that. Dad said, mm. so I'd have to do it because the authority said, dad said. So uh, <laughs> we have to do things in the way that God set it up. We have delegated authority. Remember, he owns it, but he gave the authority away. So we're, we're talking about that. Remember, I told you the story of a policeman. He's one person, but his badge, the authority he stands with, he can stand out in the middle of traffic and stop a semi, an 18-wheeler, by just doing the Diana Ross Palm thing. He can just stop it because he's the policeman. He's got a whistle. He's got a badge because he represents something much bigger and much greater in authority than just him. He is the representative 
of that police department. But there are limitations, and there are restrictions. It doesn't mean he can do anything he wants. He can't just all of a sudden decide, hey, it doesn't matter. You don't have to obey. I'm going to make you do whatever I want. He can't do that. He can't use his authority to rob a bank or hijack something. If he does, it's illegal, and he will get punished for that. There will be, I don't know, fallback or whatever. He'll get, there's limitations, okay? If he misuses his authority as a policeman, he can be fined, he could lose his job, he could be fired, he could be jailed. So with authority comes responsibility. We have to learn how the kingdom operates and how to work within its borders, how it functions. It's really important because when it comes to spiritual activity, there's basically, you know this, there's two sides. There's good and evil. There's white and black. There's God and the enemy. Now, God and the enemy are not equal in in power or any kind of authority. The enemy only has authority that you delegated to him or gave away. They're not equal. If there was a fight, God against the devil, no contest. God won't even get out of his chair for that. You can do that. I'm going to say that one more time. You can do that. But we have to know how this operates because you remember there's stories in the Bible where the, the enemy, <laughs> people just came and they just thought they're just in a whimsical, I'll just do what Paul does. I'll just cast these guys out. And, the, and this is what the enemy says, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? And according to the scripture, they just beat the snot out of these guys. Because you have to know whose you are. Who you come under. We also know that it's God's will that everybody be saved. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but it's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any, not any, that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But I'm going to say some things today as we go on. God's will does not automatically come to pass. And see, we like to think that. Well, there's God... It happens, everything happens for a reason. That's kind of true, but the reason might be stupidity. The reason might be us. We just didn't listen. We just weren't paying attention. We weren't discerning. We weren't doing what we were supposed to do. God wants everybody to be saved, but you cannot just pray and make a person get saved, can you? Even though God wants it, but he gave them authority and a free will. Even though they're not born again, he gave them authority to choose. He honors their authority over their own lives. They have a free will. Nothing is forced. You have to use your authority consistent with what the word of God teaches. It has to be in harmony with the word. It has to go along with what the word says. If you work the word, the word works. But people have a choice. They decide whether they'll get saved. There's people that believe in predestination and all of those things, that it doesn't matter. If you're going to be saved, it's from the beginning. You'll know God knows everything and all of that. And I'm not saying God's not sovereign in those ways, and He doesn't, but you have the choice. He knows whether you'll choose. I believe that, but I think you have to make the choice. You have authority over the enemy, but you don't have authority over people. You have authority over the enemy, but you don't have it over people. Let's look at Jesus. If anybody you'd think would have absolute authority, it would be Jesus. I mean, he is literally God on foot. It is God in human form. This is Jesus. Could you imagine being a brother or sister of Jesus? You know your parents would be, you need to be more like Jesus. You probably say, why don't you be more like Jesus? <laughs> you imagine if Mary ever came in and said, Jesus, this room's a mess. What's the matter with you? You born in a barn? <laughs> wonder if he ever gave his mom fits, but anyway. <laughs> but he's got on foot, and yet he's limited on what he can do. 
Deuteronomy 30, 19, I call heaven and earth and witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. God puts his answer already right in there, that both you and your descendants may live. He gave us the choice to choose. He does not force his will on any of us. It's not that he can't, he won't. He won't go against his word. He honors us. He gave us authority. He's provided for it. He might send things across your path. He might send people to help influence you. He might send good things. I'm not saying that he won't do that. He might send blessings and pro- I get it, but you are not forced. 624 of Mark, when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did the man get these things? What wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James? I guess this is Jose, I don't know, Joseph, I don't know, J-O-S-E-S, I don't know. Help me, Sean, help me. Sean, Sean just said, I got nothing. I got nothing. That's all right. I know the other one's Judas and Simon. <laughs> I can read those. I just don't, you know. I don't say a lot of names because mm, I just butcher them, I guess. And they're not sisters here with us. So this is what it says, and I highlighted it. It says, they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. So they got offended at him. They started seeing him do all of these things, like prophetically, like these things that they had heard and the stories they had heard. They're seeing him do it. So they got offended. Can I say this to you, and I mean this in the best possible way. Familiarity breeds contempt. They have known Jesus one way. They saw Jesus grow up. They saw him as a little kid. They saw him as a carpenter. Can you imagine? I mean, back in that day, what it was to be a carpenter? They didn't have any tools like we have today. I mean, I think, you know, when when they portrayed Jesus on the screen, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, he looks like he's just going to, he's anemic or something. If Jesus was a carpenter, he would be buff. Because they didn't have any of this other stuff. But anyways, that's how they saw him. Just a kid. I remember him. That's how they knew him. But now he's at a whole nother level. He's saying now he's the Messiah. He's healing people. They're watching him heal people. People that were dead are now not dead. He's raising the dead. He's casting out devils. Now they're like, whoa, what's going on? And so now they're offended because they knew him one way and they can't see him any other way. So they're thinking, what is it that he has that I don't have? There's something, they're taking it personally. And that's what a lot of us do. They feel threatened. Sometimes the people that are closest to you many times are the easiest to be offended. (laughs) I've been doing pastoring now on you know from youth pastor to senior pastor kim and i've been doing it for over 30 years so i have a little bit of an idea but there are sometimes and it's hard to even say but if i if i get to where i'm i mean i am just a dude That's a great time to say amen there, yes. <laughs> you are just a dude, amen. No, but I appreciate you. Bless her heart. Karen, I love you. <laughs> but I mean, I just put my pants on like you do, one leg at a time. You know? That's, that's really it. Yeah, there's a calling in my life. Yes, I get it. But if I get, and most of you know, I mess up names. I just admitted that. That's not the only thing I mess up. Well, that has been one of them. I'm getting better. But still, if I get in where people see me and I'm, I'm, I get too, I was the class clown of my class. It's hard to imagine. I know. I'm so straight. <laughs> Ushers, take care of these two right now. <laughs> but if I, sometimes I get too, you know, I get, then they see me like, oh, and they don't see me as pastor anymore. And so then if I'm not pastor anymore, they can't receive from me as pastor because that's, that's Brett. Uh, he, he's funny. I can't help being funny. That's part of who I am. If I, if I wasn't being part of who I am, I probably wouldn't be up here. 
Because I've tried to be other people up here. In years ago, not really here, but in years ago, my wife said, there, we, we've already got one of those. Just be you. So this, this comes with my package. I get it. But what happens is, is people see me then and it changes their view. Not everybody. But sometimes then all of a sudden I'm not pastor, I'm just human. I was human before anyway. I have people when I came back to start a church, I have people that knew me before I was ever a pastor, before I was ever called, when I was just a redneck. True. There's people, I took Kim to my fifth year class reunion. We have never went back. <laughs> and all I found is, and I, it's not that I didn't care for those people, but mostly, like everybody, you know, we'd either gotten heavier or balder. Well, a five-year reunion, and I had just bought, where's Glenn? I saw Glenn somewhere. Okay, yeah, I had just bought a new pair of boots. Because when she met me, all I usually wore was cowboy boots, like corduroy jeans, T-shirt, maybe a bandana on my head. I don't know. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because I was just, we went to this thing, and they decided everybody they wanted was going to go into the swimming pool. They picked me up. I said, put me down. Because, number one, I had brand new boots on, but number two, I had her with me. You are not throwing me in the pool with my new boots and my woman. <laughs> so they didn't listen and got me near the pool, and I had to do an Olivia Newton-John. Get physical. <laughs> but they put me down. Long story short, I never went in the pool, and a lot of them just left me alone. <laughs> My point is, they knew me before. So then you come back to your hometown, I'm called to preach. God wants me to start a church here. And people before, boy, if you ever start a church here, I'd be your first. I've been here for 16 years, they still don't come here. Because I'm still Brett. I don't care, it's okay. Because I want people here that God put here. And there are more people coming. And that's okay. But I want God, you know, and he loves them. He'll take care of whoever's not, because I am not the end all. Does that make sense? I want them to be where the Lord wants them so they can be blessed. I hope that makes sense, because it isn't about me. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is you have to look past the human aspect. A lot of us don't have humility because that's a challenge. We say we do, but it's hard. It's easier sometimes to knock somebody down than make ourselves come up a notch. Mark 6, 4 and 6, Jesus said, A prophet's not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hand on a few sick people and he healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Matthew recites the same thing. He did not do many mighty works. This is Matthew 13, 57 and 58. Because of their unbelief. It was their unbelief that stopped God in human form. Now, God is, he's right there. We've had, uh, we've had, we had Carmen on this stage. Some of y'all don't know Carmen, but my kids and I grew up with Carmen. He was big. He was like the guy for Christian music. I mean, and I mean, I had to pick him up in the hotel. It was my job. <laughs> and I just, I'm like starstruck. I, I, was, I, I was back with him backstage at another concert years ago. And so I'm just like, man, this, you know, you, you want to be yourself, but it, it's almost so hard because you're like, I've, I grew up watching you. But their unbelief, the Bible says, stop Jesus. It says he could do no mighty work. Now, this is what I want to point out to you. It didn't say he wouldn't do it. I'm sure he tried, because that's why it's there. It said he couldn't do it. Not that he wouldn't, he couldn't. I mean, he's done it before. He went places and every single person was healed. There are at least 14 times where he healed every single person. 
Could you imagine being in a meeting and Jesus was here and there was healing going on and anybody and everybody in that meeting all left healed? 3 John 1, 2, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's his, will, it's his will to heal. That's what he wants. He wants everybody to be saved. He wants everybody to be well. But the scripture says he could not do it. And again, not that he wouldn't. He couldn't. He wanted to. He just couldn't because of their unbelief. Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The Bible says right there, he gave them authority. This is what I want you to do. This is Jesus talking. Heal everybody. Cast out demons. This is my point. It doesn't mean you have authority over people against their will and can force God's will to come to pass. Even Jesus couldn't do it. When the people were offended at him and wouldn't accept him as the Messiah, just the carpenter's son, it limited what God could do in that setting. He wouldn't override their will. This is Jesus. He's not going to override their will and put his will over them and enforce it. See, a lot of us as, as believers or Christians, we think it's just about themselves receiving from the Lord. It's just about us. God loves you, it's true, and he wants to meet your needs. But he also doesn't want you to get stuck to think that everything revolves around you. That's the beauty of the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. It's for you personally, and it's for everyone as a whole. It is the gospel, the good news. As you grow in the Lord, he'll take the things in your life that he's done, and you'll start sharing those with others. We're going, to, we're going to work on getting some video testimonies that we can start showing and just have a video testimony of somebody that, you know, this is what God did. We were here and this is what he did and we'll put that up because testimonies are powerful. You'll see that and go, that's not just a preacher telling you that. That's somebody that said, this is what God did in my life. Just know that other people have authority and free will over their life. Your personal authority ends at the end of your nose. You have authority in the spiritual realm over demonic things, yes. But you don't have authority over people and their free will. There are people that have opened, armed, welcomed demonic things into their life. That's what they want. They want an alternate lifestyle. They want to believe that this is what God says. Goes contrary to the word. They can open that in. You can do all day long. If they don't want what you're, you're bringing to them, even though it's the word, God will not override their free will to choose. I'm not just talking about possession, but it includes that. But people play with fire. This doesn't mean anything if we use Ouija boards. I beg to differ with you. Tarot cards. One 900 psychic or whatever. I beg to differ with you. Don't open those doors. Half the time when Jesus healed people, he did it by casting out demons first. He healed the woman with the curvature of the spine. He called it a spirit of infirmity. He healed people of dumbness. I got a few candidates for that. <laughs> I'm not just talking about. It. He's not talking about stupidity. He's just talking about, you know, they can't speak or whatever. So we're just talking demonically. Demons that cause blindness. He casts those out. Now that doesn't mean that every person here that has speech issues or sight problems or hearing problems, have demonic influences or attack. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's possibility. I do believe a lot of sickness is from the devil. Sometimes we give the devil too much credit. Sometimes we, we do things that are self-inflicted, don't we? And then we uh, So we've got to be cautious of that. But I do believe sickness is from the devil. And there are some things that we contribute to that. Again, because he can't do anything without your consent. Or cooperation. You go to the doctor. Have you ever been to the doctor? And they can't find anything wrong. They'll still charge you. But they can't find anything wrong. 
It's not physical, it's not chemical, it's not organic. I'll tell you why. And it's happened. I've seen this happen to people that I love. We don't know what's going on. We don't know anything wrong. I'll tell you why. Because it's spiritual. They don't have a meter for that or a diagnosis for that or they don't have an instrument or anything that i'll tell you what's for that it's god's spirit that's for that you can discern those things and you can call things that are out that are in there that need to be dealt with but you don't have authority over the people if they've embraced that they've embraced their sickness god's teaching me a lesson it's god's will that i be this way you can't cast that out because they've embraced it. They have the free will to accept that. If, it's, if we could do God's will, I could walk into the hospital and I could clear out Mary in general. Just go room to room, clear it all out. I'm not even kidding. We could go in there and just say, let's do this. But some people are like, mm-mm. Don't do this because I'm on disability. I get too much money. Oh, did I go there? I'm just saying we have to understand spiritual implications. There are people that just welcome that kind of stuff. And there are people that just have kids because they get more money from the government. That's sad. God's just teaching me a lesson in this. That's why this is happening. My stomach's upset. I had four pieces of cheesecake. God's trying to tell me something. He's telling you to quit eating cheesecake. Um, he's just trying to break me through hardship so that I can be better. That's not what the word teaches. But people accept that as truth. So trying to tell them something different, they've already put up a wall. You can't tell me that. So the demon doesn't have to leave. They're choosing their free will over the authority of the Lord. They don't see it that way. But if they don't understand that God wants them well, how many knows he wants them of a sound mind? He wants them of a sound mind. We don't know about things, so we call them things. Well, we don't have an answer for this. What if it's just the enemy attacking and it's spiritual, but we got to put a name on it because we don't know. And then it's just accepted as truth. There's a lot of things that are just spiritual. Remember, Jesus could do no mighty works, he lay, except he lay hands on a few sick and healed them. The Bible says he marveled at their unbelief. In other words, you could have, you could be, it could be, you could be well, but you don't want to be well. Not really, because you see this one way. If Jesus could not and would not exercise his authority and get people healed when they are rejecting him... And I'm sure there's pain and struggle. They've been living this way and, oh, this is what they're going through. But the offense against him or that way was greater than what they're dealing with. They just said, no, I'll just keep what I got. Thanks. If Jesus couldn't do it, you can't do it. I can't do it. I've prayed for people in the past and not seen results. I've prayed for people and, and given them words up front, and it'd be a prophetic word. And I knew God told them, and they'll come back to me two weeks later. Hey, tell me what that word was. Ask God. I can't remember everything. That he I mean, that he told me to tell you. I told you. My responsibility is done. But I've prayed for people and not seen things. Not, I didn't see any healing. I didn't see any change. It doesn't mean that I didn't believe they wouldn't get healed or changed later. Because when I pray, that's what I believe. If I don't see it now, I don't have to see it to believe it. But they have to receive it. That part is up to them. It is not up to me. But I would take it personally. Something's wrong with me. I'm not, maybe I'm not anointed anymore. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe there's something that's stopping my anointing or... If I would be a better minister, they'd get healed. Maybe they need to go somewhere else. I don't know. And I would just be beaten up inside. You, you have no idea the responsibility of what, it, you know, when you have to do what you have to do. At least on this end. 
I had to get to a place where I will not concern myself with that because it's not me that heals anyway. It is God. It is Jesus. It is the anointing. It is by the blood. I'm not the healer. Hallelujah. I'm just the jumper cord. That's all I am. I'm going to connect you with him to there. And how that, that current goes, I know it will go through me. Whether it gets to you, not my deal. There's always going to be the enemy trying to do this or that, to stop it. There's offense, strife, bitterness, unforgiveness. And those things affect the way we receive. You get offended... You can't hardly receive anything from that person if you're mad at him. Strife. The Bible says if you let strife in, every evil work comes in. Who wants that? Bitterness, unforgiveness. There's people that will not forgive. They absolutely have made up their mind. I will not forgive. That person hurt me so bad. I don't know if you've read this, but forgiveness is a big deal to God. That's how you got saved. That's what he died for. If you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. Some can't see the forest through the trees. Because we've seen trees a certain way all the time. We don't understand what the view's like past that. I just cut down trees in my woods. I was just telling Jay about it. <laughs> my wife could see it. Isn't it amazing? You have friends or, or, or your, your spouse. She will see things that maybe I didn't see or that she notices and likewise, vice versa or whatever. She's like, you need to cut these trees down. This is what I'm thinking. That means I got to, because I'd already been in the, the thick of the briar patch back there. I'm thinking, I got to climb back in the briar patch. I don't want to do that. She's like, it'll make a big difference. You'll see. You'll see. Because those trees look like we live in Florida. We're not in Florida. We're in Ohio. I'm like, well, Florida sounds pretty nice. <laughs> so I, I, I listened. I went and got my chainsaw, went out there, cut those trees down, and all of a sudden you can see like the rest of the woods. And, man, I'm like, I love that view. But I couldn't see it through that. So if we are set in our way like, nope, nope, it's just my way or the highway, we'll find ourselves trapped. There's a lady that lived in a house, and she would look out the window at her neighbor's house, and her neighbor had her, she put her laundry out almost every day. She'd put her laundry out, and she'd tell her husband, she'd say, look, she's got her laundry out. And the husband would say, yeah, so? It's dirty. Look at that. I'd be embarrassed. I'd never put my laundry out that way. It's terrible. There's no class. So one day the husband went out. He looked out, saw the laundry. Looked again. While the wife was busy doing something, he went and cleaned the window. Looked out. Laundry was clean as it was. What she was looking through was dirty. That's what we do. We filter stuff ourselves. But if we would use the filter of the Holy Ghost, it would clean the smudges off. And you might just have something to learn. I got a lot to learn yet. Satan will do whatever he can to get God's word. He's after the word. He can't let, he can't let that take root in your life. You can agree it's God's will to heal. You can agree God wants you well. You can agree that you can and should pray. You should pray to your, you know, speak to your mountain about your God, not tell your God about your mountain. Those are all good. But you've got to understand authority. The person you're praying for, I don't know about you, but how many have somebody that you're believing you're, you want them saved? Maybe they were saved and they've walked away from the Lord and you're wanting to get them back or they're not saved and you're believing they will be. I have that. I can't make them get saved. I have to go by what the word says. I have to go by what scripture was planted. I have to go by what the word says. But I can pray. Listen to what I'm saying. I can take this shotgun and I can make it a rifle. And I can say, all right, 
I might not be their free will, but I can pray. I can pray that God will send people across their path that are following him, and they'll just keep gnawing at that. I can pray that whatever blinders they got on their eyes will fall down. I will speak to those things so that they're, because obviously they're not thinking right. Why would you say no to God when everybody in here gets to live forever? You can decide, smoking or non-smoking. Let's pick non. Heaven or hell, those are the only two choices. And so if you're not thinking heaven, you're not thinking right. Because according to the scripture, he loves you. He's made a place for you. We have to understand we have authority, but not more authority than the one we are praying for. If they, through ignorance or false doctrine, refuse to receive healing, you're trying to minister, they're not going to get healed or set free. You're going to have to go at this a different way. Always through the word, but start saying, okay, I pray that their, their mind, their revelation, their knowledge, God, that they see things, that scales fall from their eyes. You make yourself real to them. I pray, Father, that you'll send people and maybe even angels that will, they'll, uh, you know, be right there. And they won't know it, but they're, you know, God will send them. Because they have to choose. Jesus said in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now listen to what I'm saying then. If they're, you know the truth, we're telling you the truth, but if the truth is you won't believe or the truth is you won't accept the word, by you choosing not to believe the word of God, that's unbelief. That will, here's truth, will keep you in bondage. No matter how strong I am, I can't do it against your will. If Jesus couldn't do it, neither can I, and neither can you. Luke eleven twenty six 26 says this. When the unclean spirit goes out of the man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He says, I'll return to my house which, from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. In other words, somebody has been, they got delivered. The house is now back in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. It's important that you know the truth. Demons come back with company. That's trouble, my friend. Right here in Marion City. With a capital T and that rhymes with D and that stands for demons. <laughs> See, the end result of that's worse than the beginning. Point is, you can't cast things out against people's will. At least not for them to stay out. They come back. Because of the anointing that could rest on you or me, because of that presence of God and they're standing there in front of you, they can't stand that. They may have to leave, but they may not have to give up the ship. People have asked me to come, hey, will you, will you cast these? There's weird things going on in this room. I need you to come in here and I need you to do what you do. This is what they asked me. If you come in, will they leave? Yes. Well, I'm there, they will. But I'm not going to stay there. So when I leave, they'll come back. Choose. You must be the priest of your home, the authority. You have that choice. That's what they obey, authority. That's why the scripture says every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, because all authority was given to Jesus. And he delegated that to you. See, they'll leave temporarily to avoid legal eviction. But if the person is like, I'm still going to mess with the Ouija board, I'm still going to do all that. There's no reason for him to stay out. Because the door will swing open again. That's trouble, my friend. Your authority won't cover everything for the person you're ministering to because they have choices. They have free will. You do have authority, but your absolute authority ends at the end of your nose. They have to choose. Take into account that the person you're ministering 
ministering to has authority as well. Other people around can have authority. Unbelief of other people around can affect what's going on in that room. Unauthority, or let me say, uh, not unauthority, authority of unbelievers or unbelief can affect what is happening in that room. Let me explain. Jesus had instances where, you remember Jairus came up to Jesus and said, my daughter is dying, I need you to come. And Jesus says, okay, I'm going to come. And on his way there, they stop him and say, hey, don't bother him anymore. She's already, she's died. And Jesus turns, he says something to Jairus, just remember what we talked about. I'm just paraphrasing. <laughs> and they go to Jairus's house, and what are they doing? They're wailing, they're weeping, they're people because she's, she's dead. And he takes a few with him, and other people try to follow, and the Bible says that he put them out. In other words, he doesn't need that in the room. I don't need, if I don't have to fight your unbelief, get out. You don't believe it anyway. Go out here, I'll show you what will happen. Get out. 540 of Mark says they ridiculed him, but when he had put them all outside, he had put them all outside. He took the father, mother, and child, and those who were with them, and entered where the child was lying. You see, that unbelief affects those that are around. People get intimidated. They want to go with the crowd. They don't want to be the only one that believes. But yet God will take the one that believes in the midst of unbelief and still do a miracle. I've seen him do it in my life. Let me tell you the reason. The reason is I will not consider the other side. If I will not consider unbelief and he has me on a mission, it don't matter. Because I will not be, I'm focused. How many believe Jesus was a focused individual? Positive people draw positive things around them and positive. The energy is good. You have somebody that's happy, you're almost like, oh, that's great. There are people that are, you're glad when they come. There are people that you are glad when they go. No point. <laughs> but you need to understand unbelievers have authority too because they've allowed the enemy to operate. Not greater than God's, but they still have authority of their free will. They still have that authority. God will not dishonor that. He will honor their will to choose. So what are you saying? I'm going to tell you this story. And this, this happened to me. This is one of the first things that I, I was like, oh, wow. I was on staff. I wasn't the head pastor. I was on staff. I was the assistant pastor, the youth pastor. <laughs> and we went to visit this uh, lady in, I want to say it was a, maybe it was a nursing home. I just remember the room seemed like more of a house than a nursing home. So I don't really remember the location as far as that goes. But we went in there and um, I'm, you know, I'm basically, I'm not in charge. I'm not the head pastor. I'm the dude on staff. The family was there. There was a, an elderly lady in the bed. She was awake. And she had asked the family to call the pastor in because she wanted to go home and be with the Lord. Now, I'm just observing, so to speak. I'm, I'm there because he brought me there. It's not like they called and said, hey, will you come? So I'm, I'm there, and he said, I'm just going to tell you this is how this went down. He said, okay. And he said this. He said, is everybody in here in agreement with that? And there were probably 10 or 12 family members in the room. And nobody said anything. I heard some, mm-hmm. I heard some, that's what she wants. I heard that. And so we prayed. So he had us all hold hands. I don't think there's any magic in holding hands, although I do like to hold her hand. But this is not about that. 
squirrel. <laughs> so we're all holding hands, and so we prayed. She's still awake. I'm just telling you. That I was just like, okay. And she was, you know, just she was still, I mean, she was still seemingly, I guess, coherent. And she asked again. She said, I want to go home and be with Jesus. I forget how old she was. I want to say she was in her 90s. And that's, I mean, her, she was very faint in what she said. She, it's not like she could sit up and say, let's play chess. Uh, she was just, you know, she was just barely getting that out. And I want to go home. And so the pastor called the family and we walked out of the room. And I walked out of the room and we were all standing there. And he said this, everybody in here, we need to be in agreement because she wants to go, but something's holding this up. Now, I had all kinds of questions, things that came up in my mind like, well, Moses didn't do anything until he was 80. Why does she have to go home now? I mean, what if God was just all of a sudden and she'd get all strong again and, you know, I mean, I'm not saying she'd be an Olympic gold medalist, but I'm saying you know, um, but of course I didn't say anything, but I had all these questions go in my mind. And so he went around the room and he got like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm in agreement. And he said, if you're not in agreement, it's n we just need to know. And that's, then the family can settle that. But this is what they, everybody heard her say it. I heard her say it. They went down the line. Yes, 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 no. And so the family's like, well, why not? And they just said, because you know, and they were just, they didn't want to say goodbye. I get it. I'm sitting there thinking, I i don't even know the family, but I don't want to say goodbye. I don't even know the lady. But again, not my call, not my will. So the family just said, you know, she wants to. That's her request. And so some, um, I think the minister, the, the pastor said, do you, do you believe she's in her right mind? They all said, yes, she's in her right mind. She knows, and they named off. She just, she just wants to be with Jesus. And so then they have the person they talked to him, I'm just telling you the story. Now, you online, if you don't agree with it, I'm not asking for your agreement. I'm telling you the story, okay? So um, anyway, they all said, okay, if that's what she wants, then I'm in agreement with it. So we all went back into the room. They, they went and whispered in her ear, mom or grandma or whoever, everybody's in agreement. She smiled and said, thank you. She closed her eyes, and I, she went to, you know, just like she was sleeping. She was still, but we prayed that prayer, and I would even say half an hour at the most, but I'm not even going to say a half an hour. She was with Jesus. I sat there and was just like, what just happened? And when I was writing this message, that story came back to my mind. God will not override your free will, your choice. And it was for all that family, at least at that point, they were in agreement. How all that is, all, all the ins and outs of how that works. But I literally experienced that and was just like, that was amazing. I remember reflecting on that for a long time after that. But there was no... There was no pain. There was no nothing. It was just a peaceful, almost like sleep. And the Bible says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And it was as almost the last breath she took here, the next one would have been with him. I remember thinking to myself, I don't understand all your word, God. But just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that it doesn't work. That's where we have to trust you guys. I don't have all your answers. But I know I'm learning and still have more to learn how this authority works. Certainly in your houses you have authority. You have authority with your children. You have authority in, in your life. People now, they'll look, I don't like where I am today. Well, we all need to look in the mirror and say, we're here today because of the what? The choices we've made. And if we could go back, I know if I would, I'd go back, I'd change some. I'd make some different ones.
But I do know this, for God so loved the world that he gave. He loves you so much that he doesn't want you to follow him against your own will. He wants you to know he loves you enough. He wants you to choose. That's why I'm saying this. I married her. And I told her, I said, why did you pick me? Because in my estimation, when I first met her, I had to ward off the wolves. But I'd say, why did you pick me? You could have picked anybody. You could have picked the quarterback of the team or whoever. She said, because I chose you, you are who God wanted me to have. And that humbles me. That's how I tell people, you want me to prove there's a God? I have PK stand beside me. Oh, there's God. You might say to yourself, I'm not worth it. Jesus said, yes, you are. I chose you. Before you ever picked me, I chose you. And for that, he was willing to go to a cross, be brutally murdered for you. So you could choose him. And when you choose someone like that, you see, trials come because that's life. But I'm not going to leave. I might have to go cool off. But I'm not going to leave. Because we chose each other. I picked her. She picked me own free will didn't have to get married chose each other would you bow your heads and close your eyes